For more on all this, we're pleased to be joined by Jim Perry, founder, CIO, Perry International Capital Partners. Jim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Pleased to be here. So, I mean, so yeah, just a little bit of a retrospective on 2023 per, you know, the um, the all the credit that's, you know, by Keynesians and the investotainment people at CNBC that's being thrown the way of the Fed and so on and so forth. But this was, as we talked about uh, intermittently throughout the year, this was just because the spendathon continued. That is correct. Uh, one could argue with a jaundiced eye that the only reason GDP is going to grow at something like two and a half percent this year is that uh, fiscal spending, deficit spending, is is uh, propping up the economy. And uh, despite that, or um, because of that, I don't know, it gets, it depends on how you want to phrase it, depending on your perspective on central planning and mystics at the Fed, uh, the inflation has been tamed, we're told, and uh, we're looking forward to Jay Powell setting a schedule for rate cuts, interest rate cuts, because uh, apparently the sort of establishment investor universe believes that, uh, you know, all signs of market return run through the Fed. That's exactly right, Dan. I mean, you know, I would I would say this, you know, the economy is a very complicated machine. And one big portion of that is government. And what you see in the statistics now is that government spending uh, by some accounts kind of a murky number, but, you know, it's something like 38% of GDP, right? That's a huge number. It's never been higher. And that's, as you spoke about before I came on the air, it's it's government jobs. It is jobs that are uh, focused on social well-being. And it's um, government itself, right? So the government runs... The healthcare system, essentially the banking system, big tech is involved with them, and um, the spending will probably keep going up until election day. Because if I was in power and I wanted to get reelected, the best thing you could do is keep throwing money at the people that are going to vote for you. So I think government spending is going to go up, deficit spending is going to go up. That's causing inflation, and the people who really are the backbone of the free market capitalist system are beginning to pull back a little bit. You know, even real estate um, investment in, in places like Miami, you know, and all over the Sun Belt, it's starting to come off its peak pretty hard. Um, so I think we're looking at sort of very slow growth, but not a recession, and inflation, which is rising. And that's that's a problem for the Fed if they want to get the inflation rate back down to the target, which is the pre-pandemic level of about 2%. But is so that going to does... happen? I mean, how does that happen? Um, I think that what people underestimate, there's a lot of people that are really, really bearish on the economy. And um, I'm not one of them. I actually think that GDP is actually going to be positive this year. And part of the reason for that, Amy, is that, you know, you look at you know, despite ourselves, private wealth in this country, 
private wealth, ownership of assets by people who have them. Uh, in the third quarter, we haven't gotten the fourth quarter GDP numbers yet, and it's out, it's out there every quarter. Private wealth in this country is $155 trillion, right? Mm-hmm. Now, put that in context. The stock market's worth $45 trillion, um, and GDP is kind of 29 So you've got, you've got a pool of assets. So this is private businesses and real estate. These people recognize that that money is going to get taxed, so they're spending it. So I saw something the other day that, you know, apartment purchases in New York City in the last 12 months, 42% of them were for cash. And around the country, it's about 35% of all real estate that's bought is in cash. In the state of Florida, that number is probably something more like 60%. And in South Florida, it's 80, right? So the point is higher interest rates haven't slowed down the consumer at the margin. Restaurants are full, hotels are full, airlines are full, running a car is expensive and, and, and tricky, you don't get what you want. Um, so there's a, the high end of the, of the economy, the, the households, the wealthiest households, are still spending and they don't mind that it's 25% more expensive today than it was three years ago to go out and get a steak at a restaurant, right? But it's, everybody else is really struggling. And uh, inflation and prices are going up and it's going to slow things down. Yeah, actually, a report I saw in the New York Post, 68% of New Yorkers paid cash for homes in Manhattan where the average price is $2 million. Right, was it 68? Uh, yeah, I, think, I did six, see that. You're right, it's even higher. It's 68%. Yeah, that's tremendous, but, right? I mean, that's a huge number. And it, it, but it does, but does, does, does that speak to, um, you know, blood in the streets and this is a time to buy and obviously you don't, you don't want to borrow it? at 8% or 7% if you don't have to. And so you have prices coming off. And so people are taking advantage of, who are in a strong cash position, they're taking advantage. They figure it's a better investment than uh, than holding the cash. And if inflation is not tamed, as you say, well, then you're gonna see a benefit by holding real estate rather than cash. 100% correct. I mean. You know, we, we hear a lot, Dan, about how the banks are lending a lot less money and, you know, bank lending numbers are way, way down. And this is true, but, you know, banks aren't making money lending anymore. And the fact is that the shadow kind of financial system is actually larger than the banking system right now, right? So if people want to buy an apartment or an apartment building in New York City, they don't need to go to a bank. They can go to a, a private equity company or private debt company and get the funding because those guys will say, hey, man, we've got great collateral at 50% of the level that it was three years ago or 70% of the level three years ago, and inflation's rising, and we've got a positive cash flow. So, you know, real estate is probably, you know, commercial real estate in the central cities like Washington, D.C., you know, that's going to be empty for a long, long time. But the fact is that investors in the free market capitalist system do have the means by which they can own assets that will benefit in a stagnating economy. Um, you know, you, you mentioned um, you expect GDP growth to be positive. Uh, you expect the, uh, uh, the government, federal government, to continue uh, spending uh, money like it's monopoly money, which they're turning it into. But then I see in your uh, newsletter, in terms of the Perry Capital Portfolio, 
you still are in single digits in terms of uh, S&P 500 holdings. Um, so why not more aggressive in equities if you expect um, this uh, propping up of uh, the S&P to continue? Yeah, that's a good question. I get it all the time and I get criticized for it. Um, my portfolio is really a portfolio that is designed and built for people who don't want to lose money any year, right? Uh, last year, the Perry Capital portfolio returned 7.99%, and virtually 80% of it was in cash. And the reason it's still a good investment is that, you know, you look at the, the funding of the U.S. government debt, right? So I'm looking at, you know, one-month T-bills today yields 5.38%, right? And mm-hmm. interest rates have come down. Uh, the 10-year Treasury went from 5% to 4 from October till the end of the year, till now, right? But short rates have not come down at all. So investors can own money market and T-bills at the risk-free rate, which is over 5% right now. Three years ago, it was less than 1%. So, you know, if you can get 5.3% on 80% of your portfolio and do nothing else, you probably beat something like 40% of all portfolios that are out there with no risk, right? So I think you're going to be able to buy stocks cheaper in the next 12 months. But the problem I have with the stock market is valuations, right? I mean, look at some of these numbers, you know, the big magnificent seven, these things are trading at 25 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 times earnings, uh, which means, you know, the earnings that they have right now, if you own that stock, you will get the price back in, in 25 years, right? So. I don't, I don't think these are bad companies. I think they're very good companies. Their profit margins are higher than most companies on the planet. The S&P 500 is beating virtually every uh, stock market in the world. But the point is, you know, at what price are we going to pay for that benefit? And I think that valuations will come down when the Fed is slower than most people think to cut rates. I personally do not believe there's going to be a rate cut this year. Really? Yeah, that, well, that's, that's certainly not what the market is expecting, you would agree. That's an outlying number. But, you know, the Fed's target is, uh, for, for inflation is 2%. The last print on CPI was 4.1. And wages are rising faster than inflation. You know, you mentioned the government employees making over 5%. Well, you know, go look at a coder out in Silicon Valley or a pilot or a nurse. I mean— or a union. These guys are making five and six and 10% more per year uh, to do their job. And the government says that's okay. So when wages are rising faster than inflation, that means you have a structural systemic inflationary spiral. So I think, and you know, maybe the Fed cuts a couple of times because it's an election year or something like that. But the point is that there's not a ton of productivity or prosperity that one can uh, expect when the government is promoting inflation itself from from 38 percent of the economy. So if you're inflating, your purchasing power goes down and your returns are going to be very average. Doesn't mean you're going to have a recession. It just means that interest rates are probably going to have a harder time going down than most people think. Jim Perry is the founder and CIO of Perry International Capital Partners. Jim, thank you as always.